Hello, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Bun. And we're the Sticky Bun Boys. This is it. We're back staring a semi in the face. These semis are coming around pretty quick. Feels like we just had one. But it can't be a semi forever. No, onwards and upwards, so to speak. <laughs> this is actually a French semi. I'm more partial to a Bulgarian semi. When are they going to do that on Bake Off? <laughs> well, I'd be happy with a French semi. Any semi, really. With no further ado, let's get into it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I knew I shouldn't have let you write the intro to that <laughs> podcast. That's awful. How many semi jokes can we do? <clears throat> well, that's what I was saying to Alex. Anytime there's a semi, it's only semi jokes. Um, so this was French week. So they, I think they've now changed this to patisserie week, but they were calling it French week at the time. Yeah, which is quite fun because Mel and Sue both speak French, so they Fluently. were loving it. Yeah. I, I know we say it like every week, but I don't think we said it last week. Mel and Sue are just phenomenal. Like, no pairing will ever stand up to them because they're such, such good friends. That's the thing. They were already so... It's interesting as well because those guys have had such a long career together mm. and still they're like fresh and happy and with each other in all interactions. You can tell... That they're having fun. Like most people get bored of each other after a while. Yeah, and like I think that's you actually put your finger on the on the on the thing there. The thing the finger on the thing. What do you call it? The finger on the point? Pulse. Finger on the point on the nail? The nail, nail on the head? You fingered on the nail. Um <laughs> you, you fingered something. You put your finger on the nail. Like they came as a pair, but all the most recent couplings have been created as a pair for the show and like there's moments in this episode and all the episodes where they're making jokes to try and make the other one laugh yeah and when the other one laughs it's because they're genuinely fine they're like you're really fun they're like you're funny you're my friend and you're funny also they you can tell that the producers are using a lot of things which is ad-libbed yeah or when they kind of like mess up their lines and they use that they do that a little bit with the presenters now but really the presenters now it's all scripted mm. i mean last, last week's episode i forgot to say it but when um mel was it mel I think it, no, I think it was Sue, um, but she said, this is your spelt time call, F-I-V-E. <laughs> like, it's just silly. Yeah, it's just silly. So silly. I loved hearing them speak French as well, because it's quite a sexy, sexy language. It is. So the signature was savoury canapes. They had to make one shoe, one pastry, and then one could be anything they wanted. And it was 12 of each in two and a half hours. That's 36 items in two and a half hours. How many minutes are in two and a half hours? Siri, how many minutes are in two and a half hours? We'll just keep on saying 150. 150. I found some web results. I can show them if you ask again from your iPhone. Oh. <laughs> it's 150. Okay. Well, what's, Siri, what's 150 divided by 36? 150 divided by 36 is approximately 4.1666. So they had four minutes per thing that they made. 
That is ridiculous. It's really, I mean, it's good and it's possible because they're all quite quick pastries, but whoa. But still, it's possible if you're doing something, you know, if you're just cutting out some scones or something, but canapes, you want them to look pretty. Mm. They usually have quite a few elements to each one. So they had to, this is one of the ones where they couldn't just rely on like, oh, I'll go with that idea. They had to really think through yeah. this. Who did you like then? I love, love, love Frances. Yeah, it couldn't not be. So she was doing French legumes canapé so she was doing chantonnay carrots which were like a short crust pastry horn with hummus inside to make it look like carrots and then choux pastry potatoes choux pastry tomatoes oh why did i write potatoes <laughs> i don't know choux pastry tomatoes uh, Eat a potato. choux pastry p- tomatoes i keep saying potatoes filled with smoked trout pate and cauliflower cheese scones so they all looked like different vegetables in a vegetable patch I said, oh my God, this is absolutely sensational. I keep pausing the television. It just looks incredible. The cauliflower cheese scones were brilliant. So it was a cheese scone. Then she'd done like a little cutout of uh, a lettuce leaf. So it looked like the edge of cauliflower and then cauliflower puree. And they did in judging. To be fair, the judges absolutely loved these. I honestly, that's that's the one thing. Like those cauliflower cheese scones. I mean, this episode has amazing bakes in it, but that was the thing I wanted to put in my mouth the most. Yeah, and so did Paul, because Paul gave her a Hollywood handshake. I said, Paul gives a handshake injected into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't all about Frances. No. Who else did well? Well, Kimberly was there too. Was she? What yes. did she do? So she made pea and parma ham tarts, crab and wasabi profiteroles, and dim sum steamed buns with barbecued chicken. They looked sensational. Again, actually, because we say... The thing is, Francis is was so good because actually Kimberly's in any other time would have been top of the group. Yeah. Hers were brilliant. One thing I did think was strange is when they said that she was doing elongated profiteroles. So well Just no. an eclair then. Yeah, just an eclair. <laughs> <laughs> but crab and wasabi and profiteroles, that oh. sounds amazing. I did get frustrated oh God, because again. with the steamed buns, Paul was like, they're a bit large, you'd have to have two mouthfuls. Steam buns are very soft. You could put that all in your mouth. A canopy, you, you, I don't, a canopy doesn't have to be one bite. No, and it can be. It should be something that could fit in and you could put that all in one mouth. Well, you've got quite a small mouth. I, and I could get that in, so Paul shut up. Um, but it also had a little, this little lotus oh, yeah, thing like on top. Oh, yeah, a sensory thing. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, no, not a sense. Like, it was like, a, like a red little... Lotus root that had been dyed and then twisted. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was absolutely amazing. Let's talk about Ruby then. Ruby was making beetroot jelly on poppy seed biscuits, spinach, egg and parmesan tartlets, and shoe buns with goat's cheese and caramelised onions. Oh, sorry. There's a bird <laughs> came out then. <laughs> they, they all looked delicious and they were very impressed with them. One thing I've noticed with Ruby is, that I find quite amusing now every time I see it, she doesn't seem to be able to use her fingers properly. <laughs> like at the end, she's made these amazing bakes, but anytime you watch her, everything is absolute chaos on her bench. She's just like prodding things and like slopping <laughs> things together and like pushing these around. It's I just think it's amazing at the end that she's got these brilliant bakes because it just doesn't look like I she can do it. I don't think I've noticed that before. She did quite well, I think. I mean, yeah. the tartlets were a bit underfilled, but like that's always going to happen when you're trying to avoid like, the filling going over. And But the pastry seemed really good. They all tasted really good. It looked a little bit less good than some of the other stuff in the tent. But yeah. I think the flavours were always going to be there. And like her bake is solid and her flavours are solid almost all of the time. Yeah, they, they they made a comment that they were some bits weren't as tasty as they thought because she was going for some quite strong flavours. But like you say, her bakes are always basically perfect. On to Becca then. So Becca made Stilton and Walnut Macarons. Macaroons. Not macarons. <laughs> Beetroot and salmon with horseradish and creme fraiche shoe puffs and Welsh frog tartlets. Welsh frog? Rarebit. 
Thank oh you. My God. Thank you for opening. The, I, I, I opened the door and you walked <laughs> straight on through it. Oh, I walked right <laughs> oh, into it. Well done, me. Oh, aren't I good? Um, she has flour all over her face for the entirety <laughs> of this challenge, and no one told her. No, not one person said to her, "Oh, just just brush your nose at least, because that's the most suspicious part." <laughs> Yes, it is. She's been doing lines (laughs) under the counter. She probably had. Becca's, they did say, I thought they were a bit harsh on Becca. They said it was boring. And when they said, they basically said the beetroot and salmon shoe was boring. I thought it was a shoe bun. It looked pretty. She put beetroot into the pastry. And then it had salmon and cream cheese. What more do you want from a canopy? That's it's, the same really... as, it's the same as last week. If you're going to praise Ruby for something that looks messy, you can't criticise Becca for something that doesn't. It doesn't... No. The standards need to be the same. And also, Paul was like, oh, the Welsh rabbit tastes a bit of alcohol. Paul, she's oh, Welsh. Gosh. I think she will know. And that's what a frog tartlet tastes like. <laughs> there was Stilton and Walnut macaro- macarons. Oh, no. I'm catching it. I felt like they could have been brilliant. And I feel like, basically, as soon as she started cutting out the Stilton, I was like, that... It's too thick. It's too much. Yeah, I feel like she should have done like a like a like a Stilton cream almost. Yes, which is like a meringue filling, like that um, meringue filling, a macaron filling. Yeah, like I feel like if I think the flavor, I can understand the flavor of, of the Stilton working with the with the walnut. But is the is it still sweet the macaron? Like, well, it really, would be, sweet. yeah. But not very, very. Walnut oh. will kind of temper it a bit. If it's a ground walnut, they're quite like an earthy, and they kind of catch it at the back of the mouth a bit. That's really what I want to try that one because I love walnuts and I love Stilton. Mm. Um, so I would like to try it, but it did, like you say, the Stilton was too thick. So overall, basically, Francis won it. Kimberly was kind of next to her, and then the other two were kind of floating down to the bottom. The technical was a Charlotte Royale, which is basically slices of Swiss roll set around a set fruit bavoir. And they had two hours at the end of that day and then 30 minutes the following day to unmould it as it needs to set overnight. Interesting. I thought this was a brilliant challenge because a Swiss roll is, because it's two and a half hours doesn't sound like a long time, but a Swiss roll, we're in the semis mm. and they're quick. They're a quick thing to do if you know what you're doing. And they all did know what they were doing. Some a bit better than others um, and making the jam. So it's kind of a bit of a, a hustle to get it all done in time. None of them had made a bavoir before. No, which I think actually interestingly, before we went on our season, I think we all did sort of, like read up about all different kind of cremes that you have yes like mousseline's bavoir all that nonsense and it's not a difficult one the tough thing that i found when i first did a bavoir is when you're putting the whipped cream in it looks like you've just wrecked it it looks like it's just gone to pure liquid again yeah so you're thinking oh what was the point in that but they all did okay the main issue was that ruby didn't line her bowl with well, would you, did you know would you have known what this was if they said this to me I would have no idea what I was looking at, what yes. I was making. Oh, I know what this is. You know yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah. Because I think it felt like some of them were in panic mode, but then they read, read it out and Kimberly just went, uh-huh, yeah. Like she was like, I know what to do now. And then she just started doing her little cookery show at her desk because she <laughs> yeah. knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> she just, I don't like this though. It's like a trifle to me. It's the soggy cake. It doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't what? look good to me. No. Ruby, her jam was very runny and that kind of set her off on the bad path. Kimberly was flying through completely unfazed. Her Swiss roll looks absolutely pristine. She wanted to fill in all the cracks. She very much, I think everyone wants to fill in those cracks. But why? So when they're doing it, they they kind of line the, the bowl with cling film, obviously, and then they put their Swiss roll on, and then they pour in the custard. Why don't they wait for the custard to set before then putting more Swiss roll on the bottom? Yeah, I think you probably would in real life. It's just because they had to do it and then leave it. They put it on the but bottom. But like, surely but... they could have just like kept it and then in the morning put it on yes. and then flipped it upside down. 
you're a genius. I am. Thank you for noticing that. They didn't think this, though. The next day, it was quite funny because they obviously had to mould it. And then they made that jelly stuff that's always on the top of, like, um, tarts and mm. things with arrowroot, which is similar to cornflour, but it's clear, but goes really gloopy. Mm. And the way they did it, I think they got the proportions slightly wrong because it was really too gloopy. It looked like snot. It was a, a very snotty. That's very true. They all unmoulded really well. I thought, was it Becker's one? That was mainly pink, just with a couple of spirals in it. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I thought it looked quite nice. <laughs> yeah. I thought it looked better than the other ones. I mean, it wasn't what was asked for, but I thought it looked nicer than everybody else's. But she had more than snot. Hers was like sputum dripping off that, the edge. Oh, God, not not sputum. Sorry for say, everyone listening to that. Kimberly's looks better than the one in the perfect tent. Yes, definitely. Like it was just pristine. So in the judging, Ruby came last, bit of a disaster. Becca came fourth, though no, third, can't count. Second came Francis, and first was Kimberly, our queen. And she was by far first. Like they said, perfection. Like it was just like there was not, there was no notes. Like absolutely smashed it. I did like just to go back a little bit when she forgot to put the strawberries in. <laughs> so just put them in and then used her hand and just mixed them all up again before putting it in the fridge. Love that. So the showstopper then was an opera cake. It's seven even layers of jacon sponge, buttercream, ganache, syrup, and glaze. And apparently, they said in the voiceover, that's to represent the four acts of an opera. But that doesn't make any sense because there are seven different types of thing in there. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. Breaks. Sorry? And three breaks. Oh, four, oh. four <laughs> acts and three breaks. <laughs> the intervals. Yeah, sure, sure. Two and a half hours, though. Oh, That's wow. the bit I couldn't get around. Like, In fact, just recently, this series, they've really started chopping down the time. Like, that is very tight. I mean, they've been barely baking I've this it, week. I've heard that said before, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, very short. Mary wants a shiny top and Paul says it's all about timing which I would agree with. Becca was making a Bonoffi opera cake, which sounds divine. It sounds divine, but when she started describing how she was doing it, you could already see there was going to be some problems. Yeah. Those crispy banana chips are not the thing. No, no. way. And even if you whiz them up, they're always going to give like a gravelly texture. But yeah, it does because the actual like caramelly with the jacond, with the chocolate, like it could have worked very well. The one thing I did think is they did say her sponges were too thick they did look quite thin they didn't look that no, thick no I thought they looked quite thick I thought I thought oh. they were a bit too because opera's meant to be quite, actually quite like a, store, a short cake yeah it looks like little pancake layers yeah like it? A, it looks almost like cake like a slab of Sarawak not to bring Ooh. back the trauma mm. what was interesting to me though was Paul was like so what's going to give us a texture and I was like well opera cake doesn't have te- like that's not an opera cake I found that really weird because then it's Francis Francis didn't have any texture but why did they have a go at Becca for not having texture like that the standards aren't the same. I'm like, yeah. I'm banging on a fucking drum. I thought it was a lovely idea, but yeah, Becca, her layers were a bit thick. It was very, very sweet. Banana wasn't coming through. She had added artificial banana, which as everyone knows, does not taste oh, like banana. No. Um, it tastes like those little yellow sweets, which are lovely, but they're not banana. She should have done Millionaire's Shortbread Opera. Oh, yes. Because then you've got, you don't need to worry too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, on textures as well then. So Kimberly was doing a passion fruit and lime opera cake. So I had lime jelly, passion fruit mousseline, tempered dark chocolate and top with some kind of tweel things. But because she had tempered dark chocolate for the crunch that Paul had allegedly been asking for, when they cut through it, it splooshed everything. And he was like, well, see, you can't put that kind of texture in there. Yeah, but I like... think if you do a tempered layer in the middle though, you would get a nice would, cut still. Sure, right. Um, but then I think it'd be weird to have one hard bit of chocolate in the middle. Hers, she Like felt... a Viennetta. <laughs> yeah, well, Viennetta has loads of little ones, so that would be quite nice. Oh, I love a Viennetta. Um, she kind of fell short for me on that thing of trying to think too much about what to do with the topping. Mm. And not it didn't really work that well. You don't Ro- want to think too much about the topping, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Rosie did that a lot in our year, where she kept on thinking of novel 
creative, quirky ideas, but they weren't things she'd practiced that much and they didn't already go together. Yeah. Like those three little things on the top with the truffle in the middle just looked a bit pointless. Yeah, she does love a polka dot, does our Kimberly. She did okay in the judging. The issue for hers was that she'd the dark chocolate really overpowered everything and they couldn't really taste the other flavours. Passion fruit is never going to stand up to dark chocolate. No. Or lime can be quite hard. You can often, like, often you can tell as citrus, but you don't know what it is. I think that Paul actually said that. Mm. Francis. Now, I, I remember this bake. The Great British Soap Opera Cake. <laughs> which is just brilliant in and of itself. It was like looked like a soap. So it was lemon sponge, lavender buttercream, white chocolate ganache, and lavender syrup. And I don't think I remember getting the joke of the soap opera the first <laughs> really? time round. I don't know whether I knew what a soap opera was. Maybe uh. I was, because I think I was just fresh out of the womb. But I do remember this this cake looking phenomenal, and it did. It looks like it's come from an actual patisserie. Yeah. One of the things I liked this time that I hadn't noticed is when she made the lavender syrup, she actually had it in a soap dispenser. For being able to squeeze it onto oh, a cake. Of course she bloody did. That's incredible. I mean, they said it was very sweet. And I think it was always kind of going to be. As soon as you've got white chocolate ganache in more than one layer, it's going to be quite sickly. Her writing, when you write with chocolate, it always looks like most people do. It looks squiggly because it comes out so fast. The way she did it, she was like an expert. It was like those people in those shops have had to do it about 300 times a day. That's why they're that good. Yeah. She just did it yeah. first time. I can't. I simply cannot do it. Um, I would have to like pipe it and then like chill it, make it set, and then kind of peel it off and put it on so that I didn't mess up the cake. And then Ruby finally made a chocolate almond praline and saffron opera cake, which is an interesting combination of flavours. Which is definitely my kind of flavours. I love saffron and saffron and chocolate does go very well. Hers looked, and bless her, and this one she did say the thing she was like, I feel like I'm just going at the same pace as everyone else. And then I look and it's like I've been going in slow motion. Because she, hers just did not look good. It looked it, awful. It had slept on one side, but the layers were, were definitely there. The textures were great and the flavours really did come through. What she should have actually done, is like you say, because it looked horrible at the edges. She should have just waited and right at the last minute, just sliced more off. Yeah, <laughs> Each edge, yeah that's fine. a good shout. Um, so the winner was Kimberly. Wait a second, you're missing out BB, Michael. Well, oh yes, they did go to Cordon Bleu, actually, didn't they? They did go to Cordon Bleu. They basically just did the opera cake. I went to it. Cordon Bleu. Oh, you did the other week? I did the other, well, the other month now at this point. But yeah, 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 yeah. I loved it there. It was so much fun. And I didn't realise how much fun the chefs are. Did you make an opera cake? No, I made, what did I make? A duck thing. I was going because of a Julia Child. Because Julia, the, show, the new show of Julia is coming out and Julia Child went there and she did the thing with duck. It was lovely, but they're so much fun. Like the chefs are having a laugh and they don't take things too seriously. And they're probably doing the actual school bits. But um, I enjoyed seeing um, Mel play with her. Yeah. Like I thought oh, it was really good fun. So the winner was Kimberly. Very well deserved, I think, this week. I think basically the soap, while it looked great, didn't taste as, as good as Kimberly's did. But then leaving was Becca. And the very sad music came out again. Very sad. And also, she was... I don't usually get upset when mm. someone goes and they're upset. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just ready for the tears. I actually was quite caught off guard with Becca because she was because she was like really crying. She was like, I think you can see how upset I am. I don't need to say it. Yeah. Oh, God bless her. We love you, Becca. We always will. We love you. So to mark 30 years since the founding of the Spice Girls, we have an all-women's final. Well, we had an all-women's final in 2013. Girl power! Girl power indeed. And it really would have been an all-women's final if Paul wasn't there. No, Michael, there has to be a white cis hetero man. Otherwise, it's just not TV. Correct. On to this week's taste test then. And it comes from crumpets and caffeine, which could be an interesting taste test in and of itself. But they say the best combination is watermelon and wasabi. Style over substance, substance over style, or just disgusting. I know what I'm thinking, but we'll give you a minute to think about it. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Fancy another ad? Go on then. We're such givers. Speak for yourself. We're here to talk about our OnlyFans. Ooh, tell me more. Well, it's a site where you can get loads of bonus content, including ad-free episodes, interviews with exclusive guests, recipes, ramblings, recommendations, the whole shebang. What's a shebang? Absolutely no idea. Precisely the kind of journalism you can expect from us. <laughs> to join the OnlyFans community, all you need to do is hop on over to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. And for the price of a supermarket meal deal a month, it could all be yours. Nicely done. Thank you. I can't help but feel like I did most of the heavy lifting there. Yeah, but you're so strong. You're too kind and lazy. Watermelon wasabi. Watermelon. Watermelon wasabi. Watermelon wasabi. What do you think, Michael? Watermelon wasabi. (laughs) I... Yeah, okay. I can see it. I can. De- I there was once an Ottolenghi salad that was watermelon, and then it had red onions and some feta cheese Mm. and some basil leaves. Delicious. Basil. That was a little uh, Faulty Towers reference for you all there. Basil! And if you put wasabi in that as well, I think it's brilliant. So it's also a in... really good little mix song called Wasabi. Is there? I wouldn't Lick know. Lick me up, I'm sweet and salty. That one. And there's a, isn't there a song called Watermelon by them as well? Uh, no, that's Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. Thank you for trying. Let's put them two together. <laughs> uh, have you had the watermelon that's like tuna? When they're like vegan tuna and it's just watermelon. Yes, I've done that before where you fry it like a steak. I once went to a pub actually and they were like vegan fish and chips. And I was like, oh, what's that? And it was like just battered halloumi. When I was like, well, it's... Well, that's not fish and chips. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against it, but just call it cheese and chips. <laughs> yeah, Because exactly. no one just went like, oh, I'd love to have like a vegan fish wrap. And it was like a halloumi. <laughs> like, what? 
Nonsense. If you're going to say vegan fish, it's got to be something that mimics fish, not just cheese. I've, I've got a new saying, not a new saying, I've had it at work for a very long time because I've worked with the public. But on my very first day, I wrote a little post note that said, what is wrong with everyone? And I stuck it on my computer. Um, and it's now become a saying in the in the building of just like, W-I-W-W-E, what <laughs> is wrong with everyone? Have you not had the saying, just have a potato? Has that not gone through the office? Well, I still don't know why, what, why that came from. No. Say it, you don't know what it's from more times. Yeah, because we've got no idea. Because we still don't know. Do you know what? Do you know what? Told us, we would know. The people, there's people who have been listening recently on become Patreons and said, "Oh, I've just found this podcast and how where they've been." But they just found the podcast and they're now starting from the beginning. If any of you are out there, can you tell us where that came from? Because we're not going back to episode ten or eleven. I don't or remember it is. what we said last week. What you had a new thing instead of famously, and you've not said it. What is it? Ever so. Ever so. Ever so okay. grateful. We'd be ever so grateful if you'd let us know. <laughs> We'd be ever so grateful. So into the inbox. First is from Robert. Hello, boys. I love the show. Happy to be a patron. We're oh. happy when anyone's a patron. Um, you a patron? Is a that patron. what? A pa- oh, patron. You're just saying it in a weird way. Pa- a patron. <laughs> patron. Sounds like a robot. Yeah. I am. I am patron. <laughs> Anyway, Robert says, you said it was rude to ask to eat another person's food when they have finished. I just wanted to let you know that 15 years ago on a first date, I ate off his plate without asking. We are married now. Oh, so maybe I just need to go to restaurants and just take a fork. <laughs> and just like, just walk past people and just take a mouthful and just see what happens. Well, also, no accounting for taste, Robert. We said it's rude. Like, maybe you just married someone who likes rude people. Yeah, maybe you're both rude, Robert. You thought about that? <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. No, because we love our patrons. <laughs> our patrons. And I- Sorry, Robert. The only thing I'd have to say about that is that the Chief Justice has spoken, so you can't row back. You can go to the appeals court, but when it's... Is it rude twos? It's final. Yes, that's true, actually. If you would like to make an appeal, Robert, you're <laughs> welcome to send us in a voice note. And, and it will be considered. There is a fee, $300. <laughs> um, next is Chelsea. Buns. <laughs> Chelsea Buns. Hello! She starts off with quite a shouty hello because it's an exclamation mark. Big fan of here in the US of this wonderful podcast. I've rewatched all the seasons many, many times and love them all, but your guys' season is top three for sure. Nancy's win and Giuseppe's win seasons are the others. I well, like that the, theirs gets referred to by the winners and ours doesn't because you were so forgettable. Your guys. No, your guys. I'm still in there. It's both of us. Sure. Our guys' sure, season. Sure, 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 sure. Also, Nancy and Giuseppe. That is actually quite right that we're number one, Nancy second, Giuseppe third. They put it in the right order. Anyway, I'm sorry if you've already been asked this. I just discovered your podcast recently. <gasps> Chelsea, you can tell us where it Have a Potato came from. We would be ever so grateful. We'd be ever so grateful. Uh, I just discovered your podcast recently and have started from the beginning to catch up. But I was curious if you guys buy other bakers' bake slash cookbooks. Like, are there particular bakers that you get stoked about the idea of having their cookbooks? I mean, people just send you them. <laughs> yeah, you, you do tend to just get all of the cookbooks now. After Bake Off, you never need to buy anything ever you know again. whose cookbooks I've never shouted out, and I probably should, is Candice Brown's. So she, a lipstick winner. Like, she is really good fun. I really like her as a person. We get on really good friends. But the way she writes her recipes are very straightforward and kind of easy to understand and very accessible. But yeah, I don't... The main thing is, I don't read cookbooks. I get my recipes online, so... Yeah, I'm not... Uh, the British, the British in general uh, have the most cookbooks per person in the really? world, yeah. And I'm not a big cookbook buyer. Mm. I mean, as in, obviously we get all these ones for free, but I, even outside of that, I don't buy a lot of cookbooks. I'm the same as you. I tend to like the people I like and go and find their things online. I but, will always buy, and I know we say it literally every single time we talk about any other Bake Off contestant, Benjamin Abwehi, I will always buy her books. So she's got A New Way to Cake and... What's the other one called? I don't know. I'm a good not... day to bake. A good something about baking. There's two books out currently, and she's currently working on a third. So like, there's those recipe books are pristine. 
But yeah. hers are solid. No offense to all of us bakers that have done baking books, because I'm one of them. You're not like there's not that necessarily that much substance behind it. It's kind of a personality book in a way. Mm. So if you love the person, get it. But it's not necessarily going to be the best baking book or cookbook. There's people out there. And Benjamin is one of the different people because she spent a lot of time since Bake Off before she started bringing out her cookbooks. Or someone like Ed Kimber, who's had 10 years mm. of writing not so good ones. And then Small Batch Bakes came out. It's a huge hit because you spend lots of time waiting for it. I personally... Like we say, you get sent them. There's kind of a bit of a thing of like seeing who gets sent them. Like mm. I've never been sent Candice's, bitch. She doesn't like well, me. Well, you've spoken to her? <laughs> yeah, I've actually. Well, why are we calling Candice then? <laughs> um, but there's Candace. There's loads of people who bring out books every year and often people get put on the seeding list. Sometimes it's to do with if they think you would fit with like posting about their things or how many followers you've the got. Seeding list. <laughs> the seeding list, the PR seeding list. It sounds like my graveyard. <laughs> or my bad um, graveyard, by the way, not just like a... Anyway, we'll move on. Chelsea hasn't finished. Also, are you still friends with the bakers from your season? I love your season because of what looked like such sweet friendships had formed. When Michael left and Alice was so sad, it always makes me cry when I rewatch. Okay, love you boys. You're the best. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I'm seeing Amelia in a couple of weeks. Actually, there's a hangout this weekend happening. But basically, they're all hanging out up at Elena's for like a Thanksgiving dinner, but we can't make it. Yeah, both of us have cancelled. Even Dan's <laughs> going to that one. Yeah, no one's seen Dan in years. Never. We are all friends. The problem is, is everyone's got busy lives as well. Mm. And some people you become friends where it's like, we're now friends for life. Mm. And some people you become more acquaintance. And the and best work thing... colleagues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is, it's just if you like... We've not seen Priya for ages, but if Priya lived in London, we'd be seeing her a lot more. So I think the best thing is when you live in London, because there's a lot of bakers in London. Mm. Okay, Harry's written a question saying, do you ever bake naked? Yeah. Yeah, I think I do. I don't, really. Well, not naked. I'll, I'll be in my boxes, probably. Or like, but like, I'll I'll get out of bed. Generally, I want to bake first thing in the morning. So I'll get out of bed, start something, and then go and shower, and then kind of carry on, and then like start getting dressed as I'm doing it. I just think I'd get stuck. I'd get flour on me and things. Oh, I guess you could be naked and just wear an apron, but I don't do that either. No, you do wear a jock strap though in the kitchen. We've all seen that picture. That was once. That's on our only plans if you'd like to have a look. <laughs> okay, so the last question today is from Coffee. Love the name. On Bake Off, the contestants get to use a proving drawer, but who has this at home? How do you get a good rise? Rich now, people, <laughs> poppers. No. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get a good rise, Michael? Um, I like to tease. No, I um, <laughs> I put mine. So I have a dehumidifier in my bathroom because I live in a ground floor flat from the past. So like it's quite damp. And it's the UK. Um, and it's the UK. <laughs> so I put it in there because the dehumidifier runs fairly warm and it just keeps the room warm. But it's like an airing cupboard. Or even if you just turn your oven on to the light setting the light will heat up the oven a, a little bit and you just whack it in there and said it's the same thing it's just less kind of precise i've often put a a bowl of boiling water just at the bottom of the oven mm. so it just kind of generally heats the oven i've never understood the light thing i can't switch my oven on with just the light it switches on oh so and then, i also do sometimes like a ban marie almost on yeah. a hob like I'll, I'll get i'll simmer some water let it cool a little bit put a bowl on top cover that with a towel and the heat helps that to kind of rise I do that. Or sometimes when I used to work from home and do my sourdough, I'd put it in my lap while I was working on my computer. Oh, isn't that lovely? Cradling it like a baby. Now I've got Ray. I would say, though, you don't want it to rise. A good rise isn't a quick rise. Oh. <laughs> Look at him. Look at that. A don't good shoot rise. Your load too isn't... quickly, guys. So is that just like edging? All right, Alex. Oh, yeah, edge it. I was being discreet. Edge your dough. Oh, God, you're ever so awful. <laughs> And that's it for another week of Chaos, Ridiculousness, and from David, a good pinch of rudeness. 
All our listeners know I love them, really. In fact, we especially love our listeners who write in and make us look like we have friends. I'm going to put that on my CV. I have friends. So, friends, please continue to write in to us with all your questions, comments, and weekly delights. You can write to us at... StickyBunBoys at gmail.com And our socials are... At StickyBunBoys. Bun Boys. Didn't he do well? Keep them sticky. And for anyone who's actually listened this far, I love you the most. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.